WIFA Waves is brought to you by, actually, this is an opportunity. Right now, WIFA Waves is offering commercial spots to your organization. Contact us at askwifa at womeninfitness.org and let's share your platform with our audience. I am Lindsay Rainwater, founder and CEO of the Women in Fitness Association. And I'm Morgan Hills Adetoye, director of all things WIFA. And this is WIFA Waves, the sound waves of your career. A podcast devoted to supporting the who, what, and how of your career trajectory. We got you. Let's ride these waves together. Yeah, let's do it. So today on the WIFA Waves podcast, we are going to be getting to know Mo Hagen. So for those of you, which I would be shocked if there's many that don't know who she is, she is a Canadian superstar, has over 25 years plus in the fitness industry, um, and has been with a powerhouse organization for many decades, CamFit Pro. And so we're so honored to have you here today, Mo. You have an extensive background to share with us in regards to WIFA. And our audience loves to hear that as the starter. So tell those that don't know, what is your WIFA story? How did you come upon it? What's your background? Tell us the things. Happy to. My WIFA story is a really important part of my life journey, not only in the fitness industry, but in the sisterhood of the industry and the world. So thank you for having me today. And anytime I get to hang out with YouTube powerhouses, it's like a gift. So my WIFA story does intertwine with the one and only and amazing Lindsay Rainwater. But let me step back for a day or two. I happen to have the invitation to join WIFA when it first came out within a week, I believe. It just flew into my social media. I happen to remember the day, the time and the weather. And I walked into my colleague's office at CamFit Pro, uh, the one and only Natalie Lacombe, and I said, oh my gosh, check this out. And we just signed up. And I signed up because of the fact that it was the first of its kind. I love to be a trailblazer. I also, while I didn't really know you, Lindsay, I knew of you. And when I saw Women in Fitness Association, I realized this is the start of something amazing. And with my work with women, who influence, I just knew that I had to be part of this. I didn't want to miss out on the conversation. And then within a month, I believe, although time flies, you personally called me and invited me to join the board of directors. And I was like taken back. Again, I remember the moment. And I actually not really turned you down, but said I had to give it some thought. And later that day, I shared it with my husband, guess what, honey? And I said, and I told, I practiced saying no by saying, I'll think about it. And he said, what are you thinking about? This is perfect for you. So I called you back the next day before you filled the seat and said, I'm in. So that's how my story started. And, uh, you know, I've been in different capacities now with WIFA, um, but it's just been incredible to help raise this sister and, and uh, be part of this incredible movement. That's my WIFA story. It's a good one. 
And let me just be the first to say that making that phone call was a career development step for me. So, because here's the fun part about WIFA is, and I mean, there's a lot of fun part, but as far as our origin story goes, I had an idea and put it out there, but that I grew into the role of leading the organization as it happened. And that still happens every single day. And so calling a powerhouse like yourself and saying, well, you join our board um, was terrifying for me because I had it in my head that you didn't know who I was. Who's this person? Who does she, you know, all the stories we make up as we're coming into our, our full power. Um, and that first, those first five invitations of asking women to align with WIFA to help us forward our mission. There was no process in place at that point. There was no robust um, how do we recruit, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, I was trying to bring in the women that I admired the absolute most in the industry to help us get this darn thing started. And so you'll, if you could believe this, and I was very pregnant with Oliver at the time, but sitting at the, um, at the bar stool counter at my kitchen with Jeremy, my husband, and I had it, I had it set up. So I, I built the little website for WIFA mm. And so every time somebody new joined, I would get a notification on my phone and it would tell me. And I remember the day you joined saying, how did she find out about this? This is amazing. And so each time, you know, one of my icons joined, it was just this moment of I'm not alone. Other mm -hmm. women want women to collaborate with, too. And here we are. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, well, we all need each other to lift each other up and affirm our belief and even our ideas that start from nothing and become something. It's, it's very powerful, especially when we're aligned together. So yeah, I just, it is a moment that makes me smile because it makes me realize anything is possible, especially when you have the opportunity to align with like-minded leaders and, and create the ripple effect. Cause that's what it's, that's what WIFA has become a ripple effect. I guess that ties into your theme of WIFA waves, doesn't it? I, I, but I totally had that that feeling of I'm not alone when I saw WIFA. And it, by the time WIFA had started, I had I had been over in Europe for for several years. And, you know, it, it was super exciting and I don't regret it. But I missed I missed my core and I missed my the my my friends and it, my my good life family. And it was so great to to start seeing. Um, the names pop up on the list because I followed, uh, I followed WIFA also, also on social media. So every month there was kind of the published member names and I'd be like, okay, mm. now I'm joining, now I'm doing it. So yeah. It, it, and, and it was you and Emma in, in very many ways who made me pull the trigger. I was just like, okay, I don't have to think about this anymore. I just need mm. to join. Yeah, exactly. Jennifer, the power of influence. <laughs> Definitely. And the need for sisterhood. Yes. It's actually a, a interesting segue into the next question because there is a theme of sisterhood in your next question. So uh, we want to know about your early childhood. Like you can pick a first memory or like how your parents characterized you as a kid and how <laughs> little Mo became Mo. My, mighty Mo. Mighty Mo. Little Mo became yes. Mighty Mo. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's always nice to reminisce. I find as I get older, I enjoy 
going back in time because, you know, the successes and failures leave clues. So um, I, you know, I've shared occasionally that I am a twin and that I'm the oldest of the twins set. So um, it has power when you're born first. It means you can be a leader naturally. Um, and while I was told I was bossy and bossed my sister around and um, I was, you know, my mom would call it bossiness. I would call it leadership skills, mom leadership skills. But, you know, I was always known for not sitting down and not being quiet. And while I was told often by my teachers, my mother that got me in the corner on a chair, I mean, imagine that being told to sit down, be quiet, work independently, you know, read, even at an early age, I would not. And I would end up being in the corner in those days. It was like quiet time or time out. But I always remember being told why can't you sit and be quiet like your sister or listen and um, stop moving, stop fidgeting. You know, even in the car, I remember I just wanted to get out. And I didn't realize that there was a reason for that until I learned more about my early years. I was actually, we were both premature, but I was very premature. I learned to walk later. I had a little difficulty starting on my walking journey. I had a little bit of hip dysplasia that caused me to, you know, had sort of toe in my mother being a nurse and being really adamant about her daughters really being independent and strong. She had me assessed and I was actually in braces for a little bit of time to help me walk correctly. So I think there was some innate desire to make up for lost time and to show the world that I am strong, independent, and I'm going to go wherever I desire to go. And yeah, it got me into trouble at times, but it really set me up for success as a leader in life. All through school, I was always reminded to sit down, be quiet, dream, don't dream so big, like don't, don't daydream was what I was told, and to listen and learn in the traditional way. Again, it was always tied into movement, motion, and it made me realize that while I was sometimes discouraged to do that and even punished for moving, uh, it became my career, and it also became where I found myself. And those lessons later in life really catapulted from those earlier days of always moving. I'm so glad you didn't listen. And I I'm know. So, <laughs> and I'm so glad that that your will was stronger than the feedback that was being given to you. I, I, I think that that so many people lose themselves in, in structures and systems that are, are not made for people, actually. Yeah. So. I, I have to be honest, I did get lost for some time in high school where I tried to fit into the mold, into the tradition, into the be like them and you'll succeed. I was like that, but there was that deeper part of me that I had to find to really learn how to stand up, speak out and not be afraid to stand out in the crowd or be different. Yeah. And I was the bigger of the two. That's the ironic part. I was very premature, half my sister's size. But yet my grandmother always introduced me through our, you know, toddler and early adult. This is the bigger one of the two because I was, you know, three inches taller than my sister, a different bone structure. And I was always the bigger one. And that became an issue, too, because I always thought I had to be smaller, thinner, you know, mm -hmm. and, and so that. But it was something that, you know, was interesting. I made up for lost time, as I say. 
<laughs> and I still occasionally boss my sister around, although she is the matriarch of the family. <laughs> <laughs> well, in so much of what you just thank you for bringing attention to those early childhood and even pre and postnatal. Uh, they're so imprinting. I, I've seen with my kids, with my experience growing up, there's so much imprinting that happens in those first zero to three and five years of life. And then even the walks that we have on the, you know, the trails outside of the normal trails or however you want to say it in high school, the searching, it all circles back to purpose. It all circles back and how informing that is. And you spent some time as a physiotherapist and then kind of transitioned into fitness. And so I want to hear a little bit about kind of what informed those life decisions mm. and then how you, it sounds like there was some real coming back to your roots that happened. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, first of all, I dreamed about becoming a physiotherapist since the time I was a toddler. I was also very accident prone because, you know, I always went after trying things on my own which, you know, ties into my story of movement. But um, so my desire always was to grow up and become a physio. And I eventually got into physiotherapy school after a couple of efforts of getting into physiotherapy school. And I didn't quit. My undergrad in physical health education actually armed me with the education, not necessarily the highest marks, but the foundation to really set myself apart when it came to applying for physiotherapy school as a postgraduate. So I got into physio, became a licensed physiotherapist, which I am still today, 39 years later. And I was moonlighting through physiotherapy school as a part-time fitness instructor at the clubs that I ended up having a very long life career with, Good Life Fitness. At the time, it was under a different name. And working for a very entrepreneurial boss, you know, he always gave me the opportunity to see what was possible in the fitness industry, even as a side hustle. But he also admired me for my creativity and how I was always willing to share and run workshops for my fellow instructors. And he would just encourage me to do that, although never would pay me for it, although that didn't matter at the time. But it came upon a time when I attended a international conference idea back in 1990 with my boss patch because that's one thing he did do is take me to conferences and I met all these great leaders so long story short I made an immediate decision upon coming back that summer that I was going to take a five-month sabbatical and travel to the world that I always wanted to go and that was the South Pacific specifically Australia I had an affiliation with kangaroos and koala bears since I was a little so I went on this five-month sabbatical and I stumbled, literally stumbled across Les Mills World of Fitness in Auckland, New Zealand. And that was the beginning of an epic journey of transformation for me. I traveled through New Zealand and Australia. And instead of being your typical backpacker, I was like nothing like that. I, magnet, I was like a magnet to every fitness club I came across. And I met celebrities and incredible fitness instructors, including the likes of Emma Berry, and um, oh my gosh, um, uh, the originate the creator, original creator of Body Pump, and others. And I came home, and within three weeks, my boss offered me the opportunity to leave my full time career that I dreamed about since I was a child, offered me 
$15,000 less than what I was making, no security and no job description and asked me to come and create a new position for him. And although everyone said you'd be crazy to do it, I said yes, took a leap of faith. And I kept my job at UH, the university hospital, although I didn't tell Patch, just in case. And yet I've never looked back. And it gave me the opportunity to grow a department, a team, and a significant part of what is Good Life Fitness today. And ironically, one of my favorite memories of my journey is that I found Les Mills and eventually brought it to Canada as the staple part of our group fitness program yet, you know, today, 18 years later. And I turned my part-time side hobby into a full-time career. Yeah, an, an epic career. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I started my fitness career in Canada working for a competitor and I had already associated you and group fitness in Canada were just synonymous. Like that, that was just known. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, yeah, you have you have always been the the woman that has stayed in my in my in my sights through my careers through my career. Where I'm like that that is what I'm working towards. Like <laughs> Mo Hagen is epic level. Uh-oh. So that's a nice bridge to the next question, and it's about your incredible career, which we just got the beginning steps of. So, do you have like? one, two, or three career highlights for us? That, well, to to limit it to three would be, you know, just the beginning because there's so many incredible highlights. And, you know, even the biggest struggles have been great highlights because it creates the transformation that allows you to, you know, to reinvent or to innovate. But the, the one highlight is the one I just mentioned. Being able to stumble across a global, you know, icon in programming, you know, it's the uh, one of the biggest exported businesses in the world today, Les Mills classes around the world, to have been able to influence a company like Good Life to trust me to bring that program to a company culture that was all freestyle and doing very successfully, I might add, to then influence, uh, you know, at that time, there had to been 1,500 to 2,000 instructors and to to tr- have them trust the process of coming into this different culture, that's one of my favorite memories because it really did help, you know, good life stand out amongst the rest. So that was, and the people I have met along the way with Les Mills, including the opportunities to work in New Zealand with uh, Les Mills International. The other favorite memory on my journey is the fact that Despite being told there was no such career that I desired to travel the world, teach fitness and train others to become, you know, teachers of fitness and have, quite honestly, have someone else pay for all that through the work that I would secure. I was always told that doesn't exist, settle for less. So one of my favorite memories is being inducted into my high school hall of fame, along with the playwright for Bones, who is Hart Hansen. And along with a engineer that crafted or had a role crafting the arm, the Canadian arm that is on the International Space Station today, Whoa. my little old career in fitness got inducted into my high school Hall of Fame. And that has been just an incredible memory that I was able to then take forward and create a scholarship over because I really appreciated being recognized for 
having a great attitude and no quit attitude, not just being academically or athletically inclined. And then I'd have to say, you know, there are other great memories, but the third is, you know, the ability to have had the opportunity to shape the industry with CamFit Pro and travel the globe to present at conferences to support the industry globally, as well as right here at home in Canada. I have chills. I know. When you write your autobiography, can can you entitle it, Don't Sit Still? (laughs) I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Write that down. Oh, Mo, I, you know, I've, I know a lot of your career highlights and I, I really, got to hear some new things about you today that I didn't know. And I, you know, the less smells component, especially is such a, a movement and you, what you did for Canada in the way that you brought that program. And I can not to the scale that you're describing, but I've been part of similar experiences launching in multiple clubs at one time. And that kind of thing with my experience with less smells, but there's so much magic in those programs. And it really does ripple out in such a way that changes lives. And so how Mm -hmm. lovely that that is such a big part of your career story and really has shaped so much of, I would imagine your love for education, because there's, I know one of my favorite aspects of the Les Mills programming is the, the educational component that it arms instructors with and the cueing and some of the, the finite details that get overlooked a lot of the time. Um, cueing to body parts and personalization and things that you just don't you might not see in other places and the Um, fitness magic that happens yes oh yeah yes the production so it's um yeah and and you've done such a lovely job on the on branding mo and movement and move mo movement I'm saying that wrong but the I, I would love for you to share a little more about having such a dynamic success corporately and doing what you did for good life while simultaneous taking such exquisite care of your own representation and personal branding. I I was having this conversation earlier today to encouraging a woman that that's got to be in your focal points at all time. And tell us more about that. It's a big deal that you do that so well. Well, thank you. Because I I can tell you that that was not my plan you know, and I don't know whether it's my upbringing or it's because I'm a woman. I did get, you know, a lot of messages around my desire. I mean, before physio, because I didn't get into physio school, and there's a point to this is I was told, well, maybe you should pursue your undergrad as an athletic therapist. And I was told, well, you'll never make it in the athletic therapy world because you're a female. You'll have to settle for, you know, field hockey teams, not the Olympic level. Of course, I wanted to be the Olympic level athletic therapist. And I knew the team. I even called the coach. What do I have to do to become the athletic therapist on the Canadian women's gymnastic team for Canada? And she said, get better marks. Don't be an athletic therapist. Go back to school, become a physiotherapist and then work hard. And I thought, okay. But because of that, you know, I always saw myself as an entrepreneur that I'd work for someone else. And I pursued that and I love it. I love entrepreneurialism because you get to have an ownership mentality, but you get the support of a a company around you. But I had to trust my inner deep 
desire to know who I was. And I didn't know it back a decade ago, but I realized that by trusting my gift, which for me, we have our head and just knowing, we have our heart, we have our gut intuitiveness. I intuitively knew that I was meant to be an entrepreneur, whether it was inside a company or on my own. And I realized too, being mentored by the great women of my life, that you could have your own brand and be within a brand. So I developed it through reputation, to be quite honest, taking risks to become what I seek to be, is that a to be a mover and a shaker in the industry, to lead the path forward for others. That's why I love Les Mills, because we could take what took a year to create, a good instructor took a year, we could do it in three months or less. So that was why Les Mills made sense to me. It could allow me to lead with my purpose. And that's part of my brand is moving people forward, stepping into opportunities as an owner or ownership mentality. Don't wait for the opportunity to be your own boss. Become your own boss. And that's what my my boss actually demanded of me. He demanded that I stand on my own two feet, speak up, take a seat at the table. And if I really believed in something, fight for it. And I struggled with that until I realized what the fight meant, collaborative fight. And then, you know what? At the end of the day, work hard. And there are compromises to working hard. And I took those compromises, but the payoff was far greater than the, the, than the compromise. And for me, that was just my time, you know, committing my life to my work. Um, and fitting the rest around it. Wow. I feel like we could do a season of Mo. <laughs> a whole season. Episode after whole episode. season of Mo. We could, we could tee her up for her, uh, for her autobiography, I think. I think. We'll just record them all. They'll become a chapter. I really hear you on the, on the work hard piece. And because, because we've worked together for a number of years, I, I really saw you working hard and 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 I remember that very clearly for myself knowing that it was like that this is the level that I that I would like to work towards this is an example of uh of a woman who 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 is who is stepping into her strength and is not afraid to be a strong woman because you you mentioned uh the messages that you got growing up about uh girls staying small and uh and listening and being obedient almost and i i it, it, those were voices in my head as well so the more strong female examples i got in my life the more inspired i got and the more the more i was willing to dare to take a step but exactly. in order in order to maintain that hard work uh, level because you know there there's like this continuum of giving yourself and diving into your work and um it, at some point you kind of cross the line into it starts costing you too much to to of yourself to be able to continue to show up so it it seems like there's a machine behind you. It's sometimes my theory is that you might be a robot, but like, so what's your, what's your, <laughs> what's your, what's your secret to effectiveness? How do you keep yourself grounded and charged so that you can show up and kick ass the way that you do? Well, um, I know we've had this conversation and I, I, ref- I've been reflecting on it 
since we talked about this. And the first thing for me every day, it's like brushing your teeth. I have to move my body. I moved my body 15 minutes before this, although I've been, you know, at the desk all day because I went upstairs, put on my my lipstick, my gloss, and I power posed in front of the mirror for two minutes. I put some affirmations with it. Power posing is moving your body to move your mind. When I move my body, it is like refueling me to what I'm meant to do. It gives me, it reboots my battery, or for me, it refuels my mojo, my fuel tank. So that is a non-negotiable. And even if it's like during the start of this COVID crisis where it was like all hands on deck, every day for 100 days, because I thought maybe it would be 100 days long, I jump roped. And every day I did 100 more jumps. So after 100 days, that's a lot of jump rope on my front porch in the winter. But I move my body every day throughout the day, even if it took me a minute, because that to me is a reboot. The other one for me is I need to put voices in my head that will lift me up and ground me at the same time. So it's either I connect with somebody that is my kindred spirit or that I can serve. Sometimes it's for me. Sometimes it's for them. But I had have to connect to somebody like I'm connecting with the two of you today. That will just fuel me to work through some of my struggles this week. And I feel like I'm superwoman now. Um, the other thing for me is I have to nourish my mind and my body correctly. I'm not a reader. So I put podcasts in my ears and I listen to anyone and everyone that I'm aligned with or connected with or referred to. And then the other thing, and I didn't mention this sooner, but it's so important to have some, to have people in your corner that support you unconditionally. And for me, that's my husband, first and foremost. He's my biggest cheerleader. He gives me permission to dump on him for 15 minutes. We have the golden rule. But just to vent my day or share my whatever and then let it go. And he also, you know, does all the house husband's chores and allows me to do what I do. And then, you know, I didn't realize that I have this, but people continue to say it is I do have a organized way of working. And while I don't think it's all that organized because I'm always trying something new, I'm very disciplined in what I get done in a day. It's always servant, like servantship focused, but that's what keeps me on my path of purpose when I can serve the world doing the things that I'm meant to do. And when I fall away from that discipline, I can lose my mojo. But now I know how to get it back. It's like the show, call a friend. I just, if I'm in a funk, that's what I call it. I pick up the phone or now I get on something and I call someone and I know that's either by sharing or receiving that'll just help me stay in my flow and stay on my game. I love that. Oh, go ahead, Jennifer. No, no, I just think it's really good advice. It's very sound advice. And Mo, what I, one of the things I appreciate most about the way you just articulated it, it's so personal to exactly what you know nurtures you. And Mm. I would imagine over a period of years, you probably tried things and said, oh, that doesn't quite work. Nope, that works. And so to get really dialed into what those are. And so I want to encourage anyone out there listening to this right now that if you're on your journey and what you're doing isn't working for you to try something new and just keep trying something until you find your 
magic recipe because, and that there might be seasonality to it. There could Mm -hmm. be a season where something works and then it doesn't. But at the end of the day, if you continue to persist on that journey and you get back to that, it's a, it's a superpower to be that self-reliant so that you can help others because the ability to be in a place of servanthood to others, like Mo, you've been to me for years now. Um, I know to be that for others, there's a certain magic to how I start my day. And gosh, if there, if, if that, that magic doesn't happen for me, it's, it becomes more difficult for me to be available to the extent that I want to be because I haven't filled my own cup. And so thank you for embodying that. It also directly pertains to what you say yes and no to. And so Mm. the capacity to have a full body yes and a full body no, will you tell us a little bit about the power of no and maybe a recent example of something that you said no to that wasn't going to align for you? Absolutely. The opportunity to coach people has really reminded me that we need to say, you know, it used to be the cup is half, you know, half full, but we actually have to empty the cup to create space for great things to come into our life that we're actually meant to focus on. So um, saying no is powerful. So I often say, you know, you got to say yes to the best and no to the rest, but you have to reverse it and and start with, you know, who do I want to be when I show up? for the work that I do. And in order to do that, you have to be able to say no to things that aren't going to allow you the energy, the time, and, you know, the opportunity to be. So I said no. And through my coaching, I actually said no to a coaching client. Although part of my entrepreneurial spirit is to build my coaching business. I said no, because I knew that I would not be able to give it the time and to that person the, the gift they would deserve to get from any coaching experience. So it was really hard. And I've said no to other things, such as presenting at events. Uh, most recently, as much as I experienced the fear of missing out, I say no, because I know at the time, you know, I don't, I won't necessarily show up with in my best capable self. Nobody would know it. I would know it. So saying no to things that are part of your normal routine is very hard to do because it takes less effort to just do it, but it takes more effort to say no so that you can put the effort into what's still out there meant to be um, for you. And we, those doors won't open if we don't have the capacity or the time. So that's where I've had to say no to more, to more things lately than I've ever had to, because it has been difficult for me in that I, don't like to miss out on opportunities. Again, I have to trust my intuition on what those no's would be for. I mean, I, I think I think that's a that's a struggle for everyone is is not to want to miss out on things, and it's ultimately kind of going back to what you were talking about about like operating at your best and your bandwidth and what has to happen in order for you to be your best. And do you have space for all of that? Mm-hmm. And it, I've I've worked for a few really ambitious entrepreneurs uh, over over the years who who also have a tendency to say yes. And I've been in boardrooms where you know it's the confrontation is if you're saying yes to this, you're saying no to something else. Are you clear about what you're saying no to when we say yes to this? So. I think this is a lovely segue because you're clear about when you say no to things. So what are you saying yes to? 
Uh, it's been a commitment since March 20th, 2020, that I would say yes to the opportunity to be in a town hall or a podcast. And while that takes time to prepare for, they are incredibly therapeutic for me. They're quick wins in the sense that I have the opportunity to serve my purpose and refuel my purpose as well. And it allows me to positively influence the people and the businesses that I'm meant to serve. And there are very short snippets of opportunities to do that without having to, you know, commit to a conference or to a bigger project that, you know, while I'd love to, I may not have the capacity for at this time, but I've said yes to, I, I can't say I've said yes to every single webinar I've been invited to or conference, but I've said yes to every podcast or interview because that to me is an incredible opportunity to impart my knowledge, experience, my feelings about what's happening right now and hopefully help show people the path forward in what is not a very clear path right now. Um, so that's what I have been saying yes to and it's been absolutely therapeutic. Like it is better than any, you know, any therapy I could think of that's traditional. It's just an opportunity that um, really connect mm. and to lift others up, hopefully, but at the same time, it lifts me. Mm. Well, and to the to the tune of aligned yeses and what I know you have a full body yes to, one of the events that I think has become synonymous with you of your creation is Women Who Influence. Mm. And as a pioneered, women's event in the fitness industry. And one of the reasons that I was really attracted to collaborating with you in regards to WIFA, um, talk a little bit about your vision for that event and what's maybe something that stands out as your favorite moment or something to that effect, such a powerful um, staple in your life now and in the industry. Mm -hmm. Will you share a little bit about Women Who Influence? Sure. So it started eight years ago, and it didn't start with a yes. It started with three years of hearing no, um, but then I did it anyway. So, hey, there you go. Um, but it really was to give an opportunity to provide a stage for women to stand on, to share their story and impart lessons in their journey, and most importantly, to celebrate their success. It really started out as a women's empowerment day of celebration. It's evolved since then to be uh, more strategic in terms of outcomes and experiences, but it still remains true that it's to give women a stage to be celebrated by their peers, to share their story, therefore have a voice, to reminisce about their successes and struggles so that they could help move other women who are coming up in the industry forward and giving them permission to understand they too have a story, they too have a mission and a purpose and to help them declare it, acknowledge it and even discover it. And it's just organically grown. And I can say I might be the host of that sisterhood, you know, I'd love to say sleepover, but day luncheon, it really has been uh, created by the women that not only have blessed the stage over the years, but the women that show up in the audiences to applaud and hear and listen and be very connected to each other. And what I love best about the event, there's so many things, 
and magical, magnificent moments. But I think the biggest one is how it's become an annual reunion, a sisterhood where everybody comes together, gets dressed up at a fitness conference, but they get dressed to the nines. I mean, that's the dress of the year and or the outfit of the year. And we laugh together, cry together, rise together, reflect together. And then we go on and it's the kickoff of the annual CampFit Pro Conference. And it just is epic in the stories that I hear and the experiences I've shared both from behind the stage, watching these women rise out of fear. Like Some of them call me the week before and go, Mo, I can't do this. And then I see them on stage and they have mic drop standing applauses. And to watch that experience or transformation is so rewarding as it is to hear the stories and outcomes from the audience who write me letters years later on how women who influence has changed their life. Yes, 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 yes. I, I think I heard something, but it, it, this could be my listening skills, but did, did you just let it slip that maybe there would be a woman who influenced retreat or am I just reading between oh. the lines? Ooh, ooh. Uh, I'm like all here. I have yeah. a vision and that's what I see. We have to talk. Yeah, yeah. This is like like my, my daughter's made me watch all of the Harry Potter movies again and she's reading the books. So I'm imagining like this this Hogwarts kind of women's <laughs> den with everybody having like these amazing, luxurious, squishy uh, sleeping oh. bags and and then just like, oh. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop. Uh, the- I'm getting, I'm getting hot and sweaty. Like literally I'm having a happy, I'm having a happy hot flash and I don't get them. But. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy hot flashes in the winter, but uh, <laughs> otherwise they're just completely inconvenient. <laughs> but, but speaking of uh, unique things for women, the, really getting getting serious again you, you've always been a, a huge advocate for women and and a, an example for strong women and a support system for for women and actually women who influence is a perfect example of that you've you've given stage and you've given voice to to so many different leaders to help inspire other people. And, and now there, there, there is a, a whole elevator process from the women who influence because it creates more women who influence. Mm-hmm. So what, what is it that you're hoping, like, can you articulate what you're hoping to be your legacy for, for women? Mm. Well, that legacy piece is, uh, is in motion every day. Um, I want to be living it, but it really is to positively influence women worldwide to live their true purpose, having discovered what they're meant to be and, and give them permission through the stories that I have the opportunity to share through events like Women Who Influence and my personal experiences and those that you know I collaborate with is to let to really help them understand the power of their own story and how it needs to be heard in the world. And, you know, I was brought up by a single, like I'm, I grew up in a single parent family. My mom was my, were my parents. And so I was, you know, influenced throughout my whole life by powerful women who, while they may have given me a tough time at times to become better and become my best, they always supported me, always had my back. And I want to be able to pay that forward 
for other women and give them a place um, a place in the world where they feel powerful like Wonder Woman. I have a plaque on my wall that says, always be yourself unless you can be Wonder Woman, then always be Wonder Woman. And quite honestly, Jennifer, you'd relate to this. Like we worked in, you know, I still work in that organization where women were empowered to go for promotions and be promoted and have a voice and not a passive voice at the table. And so I've been around a very positive environment for the most part. You know, I understand the disparity and um, inequality in the industry for women. I'd like, I want to help break down those barriers for women and do it in a very positive way, not in a, you know, what may be seen as a feminist way, but a very empowering way and doing it through action. That's why it's called women who influence, not women of, although I love that organization, but it's women who are taking action to create positive, positive influence with others in the world, whether they be women, men, or whoever, however they identify. Mo, one of the ways, you know, just as you were talking about that, mentorship plays such a big part of, and I believe that's what, you know, in the working relationship you had with Jennifer, I know just by nature, you end up mentoring really every woman that you come in contact with. And tell me a little bit about why being an advocate for that behavior is so important to you. I mean, you've mentioned it a little bit, but dial it right in. What is it about mentorship that has such magic to it? It's an up close and personal education and being a coach. Like I've, I'm, I'm a desired, you know, I've always desired to be an athlete and become my best athlete. So coaching, I've always been around coaches who, you know, dedicate themselves to finding your unique strength. So a mentor is, in my opinion, much different than a teacher. A teacher is a teacher of, of masses or groups, whereas mentorship is intimate. It's one-on-one. It's really the deeper work. And I don't mean you even have to be together. I, I encourage I encourage people to seek mentors, even if the person doesn't know they are your mentor. I mean, Helen Vanderberg was my mentor before I even met her. And yet she didn't know it because I just followed what she did. And when she learned how to become a world-class synchronized swimmer, I tried out for the synchronized swim team at Western. She inspired me to become better. So mentorship is who you seek to follow to grow to become more of, but do it for purposes that are healthy. But to me, it's an intimate relationship that I've been blessed to have through my certain teachers, women in my life. And it really is a different type of education and teaching. And that is how you will really get to do the deeper work and really blossom in who you are meant to be in the world. Absolutely. And you are the reason that I got on my path to do a lot of deep work over the past two years. Yes. Yes. Because my mentor being Jerry Visca. Yeah. Yeah. I I will never forget uh, the telephone call because I, I, I really was so deep in my frustration and I had been in such a frustrated state for so long, I couldn't see my way out of it. But when I was on, uh, when I was on the phone with you, you saw it directly. And I was like, 
huh? I was, I thought I was smiling. <laughs> I couldn't get no. it past you. It's, uh, you often can see, you know, you can see the beauty and the strength in others. They can't often see themselves, you know, because we're in it. We need to have people who are be that will truly serve to say what they see as potential in people. And that just gets me going. Like I, it makes my heart sing because I really, I desire that if someone saw that in me and they have that they share it. So it really is, it's a gift that I can give. And it's a, I feel it's a also a responsibility because I've been honored to have so many great mentors both actively and even passively in my life that it's, you know, when you have that power of that experience, it becomes a responsibility to share it with the world. And that's why I believe, you know, mentorship, someone says, you know, mentorship. And that's why I love the lead course because it's mentorship. I have courses on my desktop that I've paid and signed up for, and yet I've not done them. I, I am also guilty of this. And uh, just to just to give the listeners a little bit of context, I, I call you the fairy godsister of the of the lead program because because two years ago you recognized my frustration when we were just on a catch up call, and and you had the the compassion and ability to just ask me in the in the most the kindest and uh, deeply affecting way in a positive sense, how I was, where I was, and if I could tell you why I was. And I couldn't answer that very simple question. And I started on a, on a two-year quest that, that WIFA uh, very much supported through uh, Lindsay's wonderful and gracious ability just to let the people in, in WIFA, the members in WIFA helped to define WIFA. And she, she really gave Micah and I a, a free pass to create a guided mentorship, also partnership program, where you're mentored by your partner and you're mentored by the community with the, the purpose of finding yours. So, and I, and I can't even tell you how much it means to me that that you're in the next cohort of the of the lead program. So having having said that, I'm so curious what you're looking forward to in the lead program. Oh, I am so excited about being a student of the process and to be to do the work that, you know, I can then pay forward and help others with. And it's it's an accountability of sorts, to be quite honest, because I know showing up for this work takes commitment and working with a partner is a relationship that I value. And it, it really is my time to step into being a student and to learn and to go through processes. Well, they may be thing, the work that I've done before, it's different. It, the experience makes it different. And I'm super excited to learn more about myself so that I can become a better version of myself. And of course, it's, it's a program that I've heard so many things about from the WeFa ambassadors who've been through it. And be honest, it's so it, I don't want to miss out on those nuggets of knowledge. So that's why I'm signed up. And I believe in it so strongly that I'm going to be a, a fairy god sister and um, provide a bit of a scholarship for one person in every program 
to have the opportunity to experience as, as well. Mm. We love the Fairy God Sister program. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it too. Good invention. Yeah. And Mo, I'm having one of those heartbeating moments where you have centered in on something that means so much to me that I, I want everyone to hear, which is it doesn't matter where you're at, what stage of your career or what work you've already done. There's always something new to discover about yourself. Always. We're this treasure trove of undiscovered mm. magic that takes decades upon decades to learn about. And there is no destination. It's one big journey. And so you, um, I've had a couple women that are like, I've already done why work. I'm an Enneagram seven, I know. And I'm saying, yeah, but you've never been through this collaboration of this 13 weeks and met this person you're meant to be paired with. And do you really want to miss what the universe has in store for you? No, because there's there's always transformation to be had. Mm -hmm. There's always a catalyst for creativity to give birth to the next version of yourself. And so thank you for underscoring something that I, I hope each WIFA member feels is deeply embedded in the process, which is it doesn't matter where you are in your career, if it's your first day in the fitness industry or decade upon decade, we have something to learn from every single person we come in contact with. And our personal development is the route that never, never stops. It never does. As long as we're in hot pursuit of it, there's something on the other side mm-hmm. for us. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Oh, my pleasure. And you know, you need to be a student on a regular basis to really relate and understand the learning process to make it transformational. So if you're not, it's like, you know, telling people to be fit, but you're not fit yourself. Like you've got to be the product to the product. So if you want to be a leader and have a long lasting, successful career in anything that you do, I mean, this program is ideal for any woman in any profession or any stage of their life. And if I had one regret, it would be, I wish I had this learning decades ago. Thank you for saying that. It's the, it is the root. Every, if, if I could have a request, it would be every woman as they embark on their WIFA journey to pause and do this first. Because the knowing your purpose, knowing your why, being crystal clear on those things and, and aligned, what that gives way to, the career development path just opens right up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. You're going to, you know, from there start to kind of navigate what comes next, but it's so much clearer when you do the inner work first. Oh my gosh. Oh And and you're, uh, it's so much, it's like, oh, I wish I would have just started there to begin with. (laughs) I just needed to start with myself. I know. It's like putting the cart in front of the horse and the horse is trying to push the world or themselves on it. Put the cart behind. You're the horse, like move. And you got to learn how to do that. We all have to learn it. And we didn't learn that in kindergarten Mm-mm. or high Mm-mm. school or university or many parts of life. But we get to learn it. Yes. Now. It's a big gap in education, actually. It is. It really, it is. really is. So, Mo, I want to hear about what's up for your future. So you shared a little bit about what you're saying yes to, mm-hmm. what you're current with. Anything that you can share with us about your future as we start to wrap up this interview today? Yes. First of all, taking the moments to celebrate 
And it's been one heck of a year where, you know, we may have had to celebrate differently, but who says you can't celebrate your 26th anniversary and your, you know, 61st birthday, or it doesn't have to be the milestones, but I do have a milestone coming up, my 25th wedding anniversary in June. And I hope that I'll be able to travel to Iceland with my husband at some point, even if it's not during our anniversary this summer, but it's to take those times to celebrate those incredible milestones, which might be the week that you just got through. But in my case, it's the quarter of a century that I've been blessed to marry, be married to this incredible guy that I love dearly. The other one is to, of course, um, be an instigator when it is safe and we are ready to do so of bringing back live events in the fitness industry, whether that's being at those events or running them through CamFit Pro. And then thirdly is to create a path forward. I was hesitating to use the word advocate, but create a path forward so that um, fitness professionals can be seen, heard, and respected in the same light as health practitioners, health professionals, so that if someday down the road we are faced with another pandemic, that personal training at the very least will not be shut down, but will be remaining open along with other health care providers to ensure the health and care of people physically and mentally and emotionally during these incredible times that we hope to never face, but we should be realistic around as the world continues to turn. But that to me would be one of also my legacies is to level up the impact that a, a fitness professional has on the life, not only the life of their clients and members, but the respect of the healthcare industry or mm -hmm. profession. Oh, Mo, thank you for having that as part of your compass and the way that you're seeing, because I agree with you. I, I think that it is, an, it, it directly aligns with a lot of the things that WIFA is also chasing after. So thank you for helping raise the vibration for all of us globally. It's a really big deal. So let's do this. We're going to fire off some quick rapid fire questions between me and Jen that are super fun and poppy. And then I want you to tell everyone how to reach you and then we'll call it a day. How's that sound? Until we talk tomorrow. <laughs> I, I know, right? Until we talk the next time. So All right. first, first question being, and this one, if anyone knows Mo, it's a good one. So let's talk about beauty rituals. Mm -hmm. What is your current favorite beauty ritual that you stand by? Tried and true. Oh, it's like a facial meditation and massage. It's the Lumi Spa. It's a cleansing and toning device that I use every morning for two minutes and every night. And believe it or not, it does. It's like exercising your face as it stimulates and, and also cleans it. So your makeup looks better, stays on longer. And it also defies aging. And I don't mind aging. Mm. I just don't want to age and look ugly. I want to age and look as fabulous Amazing. as possible. And I love it at night because it is a vibration. It does help me ground and relax. And I, it helps me go to bed better, feeling like I've mm. done something for my health. So that's my beauty regimen along with a few incredible products that have um, epigenetic characteristics or properties that actually help your body act as though you're more youthful. So it actually speaks to your DNA to actually, you know, work better. So those that's my favorite beauty regimen because it's easy, it's fast, and it's something that 
you know, I can not only commit to every single day, but I can share and make easy for others. Cool. Right. I've got a scenario. You're, you're flying somewhere fabulous, like a, a fabulous city that you're, you're going to go visit. But unfortunately, your luggage is lost. You, you have five things in your purse that, that you can pick that you've got in there that, that are going to keep you, that are going to keep you happy, whatever, whatever it is. So like lip gloss, liner, pair of underwear, what are your five things? Oh my God. I love that. First a credit card, because I've been caught that way and there's always the credit card. And, um, the second thing would have to be any of where I'm going, at least one piece of clothing that allows me to change my wardrobe and feel fresh so I can launder whatever I've got on. And I've, I typically, well, I would have to say that it would be something to eat so that I could make sure I'm not hangry when I have to crisis manage my situation. So a healthy, nutrition, gluten-free, dairy-free piece of food um, that is always going to be, you know, sort of my rescue. And then I would have to say, gosh, that's three. Um, An inflatable pillow that I could blow up and rest my head somewhere. Very strategic. Okay. And then I'm going to assume I have my phone, but I'm going to say my phone so I have contacts so that I can call my friends and um, seek advice or, uh, you know, a place to stay. That That's well, well managed, well answered. Very well done. Very well done. Mo, is there a, a TV show that you're streaming right now that you enjoy? Oh, wow. A streaming show that I enjoy. I'm a classic sort of got to, you know, let go for an hour or two in the evening. So I love young Sheldon and I'm I don't watch Netflix, believe it or not, because I try to not do too much television, but I love Netflix and I love Magnum PI because I wanted to be Julie Lipton from the mod squad. I'm I love detective shows. Uh, I would watch them all if I had the ability and time, but I'll wait for when I'm, um, have more of that but yeah right now it's magnum pi if my husband doesn't record it then i get after him but i love that and i love young sheldon because the story is like the wizard of oz it's wicked you know what happened before dorothy i love the storyline that then takes you to sheldon on big bang which was always one of my favorite shows for instilling some good laughter love it perfect jen had one more and then we'll tie a bow on this. Okay. Uh, your your favorite indulgent food. Oh. This season, uh, this season, because that can, like, we're, we're oh, in uh, winter transition okay. to spring. Okay. Well, my favorite. Well, I have to say people know me as I love my red wine. And yet I'm not drinking during the week. So it is still my favorite indulgence come Friday, Saturday, and happy hour on Sunday. But these days, you know, I've tidied up my diet so much that I guess my favorite indulgence would be this really cool uh, gluten-free, dairy-free pizza that I'd order probably once a month. And I do it to support a small business, Zenza Pizza, uh, and they make an incredible pizza. She's also my yoga teacher who I did my 200-hour with. So I love supporting 
Zenza pizza because she makes every pizza unique to you with a lot of love. So that's my indulgence. Wow. What a magical business because pizza is one of those wonderful indulgent foods. And so to have it done the way you would like your body to receive it, that's so cool. Yeah. Ah. Buy a woman. Buy a woman. Uh, of course. So Mo, tell everyone listening where they can find you outside of this podcast. Well, best place today is, of course, through social media, Maureen Hagen on Facebook or at Mo Hagen, M-O-H-A-G-A-N. And then on Instagram, it's Mo Hagen, but it has an underscore between Mo and my last name, Hagen. And then I have a website, which I home a lot of complimentary products from my blogs to my newsletters to some of my uh, videos and presentations. That would be www.mohagen.com. And you can always reach me through CanFitPro, which, um, you know, you can see what I do there. Reach out to me through mohagan at canfitpro.com. Wonderful. Well, we will link all of that in the show notes so one can get in touch with you. Mo, thank you for being here with us today. I admire you and I love our friendship. And I'm so grateful that you shared time with our WEFA audience today. And until next time, we'll see you out there. I'll see you. Thank you. Much love.